Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Liz, and I am riding solo tonight. I am literally watching the stream right now on my phone. Hello to everybody that's in the chat, just to make sure that my audio freaking works. So once I get that cleared up, just that paranoia out of the way, we're listening, and we'll be good to go and talk about this 4-2 win against the St. Louis Blues. Oh, perfect. We're rolling. We're rocking. We're having a good time. Awesome. I am so excited to be with you here today. This is my first solo show of the year. So I have my water bottle here with me because I know I'm just going to be talking at you for 30 minutes and it's going to be a super fun time. Uh, as in regular game over tradition, we like to work with the chat at the end of the stream to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, have some questions, some fun discussion. Today, we are going to be pretty active with the chat since I'm all by my lonesome and I have a really fun game plan for you guys at the end. So please stick around. I think it's going to be a really fun way to keep you guys engaged all the way throughout. So thank you so much again to everyone who's here live watching right now. Thank you everyone who is listening tomorrow morning or anytime after. Let's break down this 4-2 win. Now we have a couple things that I really want to talk about in this game. Mostly good. So we're going to kind of go through this game in chronological order a little bit and talk about a couple of uh, the really fun pieces. And honestly, I think some of this is going to center around some pretty basic stuff that I'm sure you want to talk about, specifically the goals, the special teams, things like that. Um, so let's talk about it. First, um, I'll talk a little bit about in the first period. You know, there was nothing in that first period that I found too exciting, anything that I really want to bring um, bring to your attention to talk a little bit more about than anything else. Um, but I was listening to the Winnipeg Jets home stream broadcast, as I always do. And, you know, I as all of us Jets fans do, we listen to Kevin Sawyer and we listen to Dan Robertson and sometimes we have questions. And I, I, it can't be easy being a play-by-play or color person, um, <laughs> you know, so I, I try not to be too critical. But there was one point that I found really interesting um, that Kevin Sawyer brought up in the game, uh, which was in the first period. He's talking a little bit about Dylan DeMello. And he started talking a bit about how he's having a really strong offensive start to the year. Why? Why, why did he say that? Because Dylan DeMello has points to start off the year. So he's talking about how Dylan DeMello has had like an offensive like outburst or whatever like that. And I, I, I was thinking about it a little bit. And I was thinking about how this Winnipeg Jets team, we don't always like the way they cycle the puck back to their defensemen if their defensemen are just taking like flub point shots. And there's no one to kind of crash that net and bang in those inevitable rebounds and stuff like that. But I find that Dylan DeMello has been a really good like exit past defenseman for pretty much his entire time here and I find that like his transition into the offense has been something that isn't really spoken about as much because it's kind of hard to like talk you know when, when there's a goal going on or when there's something like that it's easier to focus in on that and, and talk about the specifics of the goal the mechanics of the player shooting the puck the passes that led up to it but just general transitions exits entries exits entries are difficult to sort of talk about as isolated events but I feel like it's the kind of thing that it's really important to understand that these Winnipeg Jets defensemen have been doing some really good things kind of throughout their tenure here like Josh Morrissey has been really good at that as well uh, and I think it's important not to just be like oh Dylan DeMello has had a really good five games and ignore the fact that he's been good for a couple of years and I thought players like him and Josh Morrissey looked quite excellent tonight specifically in the second period. So that first period, I don't know if anyone who's listening here in the chat has anything that they want to bring up from that first period, other than the fact that we knew Connor Hellebuck was looking good to start off the night. Uh, we knew that the the fourth line looked like it had some energy. Um, but I, I want to talk about the second period. I really want to talk about the second period. So I was just doing a quick little skim of natural stat trick um, before... 
I, I jumped on here just to, you know, that confirmation bias is always really important. And guys, the Winnipeg Jets were rocking a 77 Corsi 4 percentage in that second period. 77. Now, a team with like, I don't know, a, a team dominating looks like, I don't know, a 58. A 58, a 59, a 60 is like dominant performance like if a player is exhibiting those kinds of numbers if a team is exhibiting those kinds of numbers like that 77 is is unheard of obviously small sample it was only 20 minutes but comparatively to the rest of the game the Jets were rocking at like 50 give or take 5 10 percent whatever but a 77 percent in that second period is absolutely bonkers so let's talk about these goals okay before we start if anyone wants to drop what their favorite goal of the night was in the chat, uh, I'd be more than happy to see what everyone's favorites are because I definitely have one and we're going to start with it. We're going to talk about the Dave Gesselson goal to start. So I was actually drawing some things out because that 22 second gap between those two goals I found was very enlightening and it was really nice to watch and I had my PVR set up and I was going back and forth. Um, and I, I see someone in the chat is not too keen on my Corsi, but holy smokes, the puck possession in that second period, you, you have to bring it up to a certain extent. It was it was unbelievable. So let's talk about the possession, how that led to that first goal. So that goal was an absolute, like, it reminds me of Evander Kane back in the day. Remember when he used to make those behind the back passes and like maybe one in like 14 times it would turn into like the coolest assist you'd ever seen but most of the time it would turn into like a turnover when Cole Perfetti started passing like that in the NHL I was like it was giving flashbacks of Evander Kane but it turns over like one in 14 times as opposed to being nice every one in 14 times so that nice little behind the back pass to David Gustafson coming in was oh chef's kiss so beautiful and you know it's it's the right play to make um when you have the player with the possession kind of behind the goal line there and and the goalie is tucked a little bit more towards the post because you don't really know what the player is going to do with it the defenseman's collapsing a little bit and then in comes Gus off the bench right down down the middle and he's at flyaway there and there's not a forward that's jumping in on him to sort of catch that pass it right through the seam shoot the puck, especially on the far side. I, I can't remember specifically where the puck went in the net on that goal, but when Biddington is tucked up tight to the post like that, like there's definitely some open space. So he comes in, shoots it. It, it was absolutely perfect. I, I couldn't have scripted a better goal. Super happy for Gus. That was his first goal in four years. Uh, absolutely so thrilled for him. Everyone knows that I am a massive, massive David Gustafson fan. I just want that player to do well so badly. Uh, when they showed in the interview, when they were talking to him in the intermission, they said that he hadn't scored since 2019. It was only 50 games. Between 2019 and now, only 50 games. That's what, four four years, so four seasons. So it's like, I, I guess if you take out a COVID year in the half season, like that's still like in a season, like 300 games. Like that's 300 games and he's played 50. Like just this poor guy with with his injuries and just with going back and forth between the AHL and the NHL, like you, just, you feel for the kids. So nice to get the monkey off the back. Nice to see him smiling in that interview, talking about some really specific stuff that his team wanted to do better in the third period and what they really liked about what switched between the first and second. Thought it was a super awesome, you know, little interview. I always like when they have tidbits that actually kind of make sense and aren't just, oh, you know, pucks in deep. I, I know that's such a cliche, but they do say that all the time, right? So it, w- it was really nice for Gus, and I thought it was a perfect goal. I thought he had a perfect read on the situation. And then, 22 seconds later, what happens? Hold on. I need a sip of water, because I'm really fired up about this. 
So the same thing happens on the other flank. It wasn't an off the rush or pardon me, off the change chance at the same way, but Adam Lowry is tucked down by the goal line. The goalie is pulled to the post. No one's on Mason Appleton. You pop the puck up. He comes in. The defenseman and the forward haven't collapsed properly. And there's that wide open space. Snipe. Mason Appleton snipe. Now this player, we've been pretty hard on him for a couple games now. A couple games. I keep saying these things like it's you know, like the, the Jets have played five games this season, but it's been enough for us to know that Mason Appleton does not necessarily belong on that line. Uh, so having Alex Iafalo bumped up on there last game was super awesome. Super pleased uh, to see him getting up there. And I, I really liked a lot of his game. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about him tonight because I honestly feel like for the most part, we've kind of not, not beaten a dead horse because that sounds like it's a bad thing, but it's not because he's just been fabulous but Mason Appleton being dropped back down to that third line at the end of the day is probably the right call uh, especially for the time being while they have Nemesnikov pulled up to that second line and moving some things around in Velarde's absence nonetheless we have the Nino Nino Ryder I guess we could call him that the Nino Nita Ryder Adam Lowry Mason Appleton line and Mason Appleton when he was playing with Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley it Finish has always been a little bit of a question mark with this player, right? So it, it, it's hard to compare apples to oranges when you have a finisher like Kyle Connor and you see that nice, clean release from a player when he's shooting like that. And Mason Appleton looks a little bit like just, you know, kind of kind of a fish out of water when he's shooting on that line when you have the comparables there. But he's a player that has some untapped offensive potential. I don't think we fully know what this player can do just because of, you know, injuries, the expansion draft and different roles and different lines. I, I still don't feel like I have like a perfect read of Mason Appleton as a player so seeing that nice little snipe from him was definitely uh encouraging to say the least uh makes me happy for him I know that being on a first line on a club that's like we're going for it this year is a lot of pressure on a player who's not really supposed to be in that sort of role so I did really feel for him and then that short stint that he was up front um with that line so seeing him back with Adam Lowry who we know he loves playing with I think we saw him a little bit more comfortable in his own skin tonight um on a line that sort of suits his style of play but getting to show a little bit of that offensive upside it was just perfect to me to see the Winnipeg Jets recreate that goal immediately after the David Gustafson goal Adam Lowry I think made a perfect pass up to Mason Appleton and then as Dennis Bayak would say the bang bang was absolutely perfect uh to to put the Jets up to nothing so the Winnipeg Jets, I feel like sometimes I, I worry about them when they're down to nothing, but I have some confidence in them when they're up to nothing. And as we know, two goal lead, most dangerous lead in hockey, it, it can be difficult to, you know, try and try and manage that and, you know, not take your foot off the gas when you feel like you have a little bit of a comfortable buffer. But I found that the Winnipeg Jets did a pretty good job of managing that kind of as they went throughout the rest of the period. Uh, I thought they were just really strong kind of across the board and their five on five possession was really good. Obviously that 77% Corsi number, you don't have to see that number to know how good that possession was. But one thing that was driving me absolutely crazy about it you know, we weren't going to have a love fest for the Winnipeg Jets for a whole episode. You know me was why can't they pass like that on the power play? I swear, the puck movement that they had going on in that offensive zone at 5-on-5 five five was absolutely fantastic. They were so dynamic and they were moving around and I was just so pleased to see a lot of players that I don't always consider to be fantastic passers making really nice passes. So it was just very exciting to see that. And then they would draw a penalty, congrats, good for them, and all of a sudden they're at 5-on-4, which is supposed to be a fantastic advantage, and they become statues 
and they overpass the puck and they shoot six feet away from the side of the net and they cycle the pack the puck back up to the defenseman and he just pushes it back down to someone on the side like it was just the same old same old even when they had all this momentum build up when they had even less space to work with near passing the puck moving the puck so beautifully at five on five in that second period and those power plays ruined it for me i don't know what is wrong with this winnipeg jets power play i don't understand why it's so 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 like it reminds me of like i don't know like a really awkward boyfriend going to meet his girlfriend's family for the first time at family dinner, just, like, standing there so rigid, like, so uncomfortable, just feeling very out of place. I, they, They're capable of doing all those things. They're capable of going through the motions. They're capable of using those same players to move the puck. We saw it literally at 5-on-5 five five, 30 seconds before those power plays, and they'd come out at 5-on-4, the defense on the St. Louis Blues collapse a little bit into the middle, and they have all this extra space on the perimeter and it can't do anything. And I, I don't want to speak too much specifically to the Jets penalty kill, because um, one thing about me is I'm always going to be honest with you guys. I'm always going to be honest that I am not a perfect analyst when it comes to hockey whatsoever. I'm not a very good judge of a team's penalty killing abilities, if I'm being honest with you. I find that when I watch the Jets, I don't exactly know what their proper structure is when they're supposed to be killing penalties. And I I rewound the power play goal that the St. Louis Blues scored. And I watched it like eight times, like watching the the different um, defensemen and what they were doing and and who is pulled where and who is supposed to have the check. And you know that Brendan Dillon one where he's pulled to the front. You got two guys in on you. It's who are you supposed to take care of? And that's that's how a penalty kill works, right? There there are more men out there for a reason. Um, But the Winnipeg Jets power play, I feel like I can speak to very confidently and say, what the hell are they doing? Like what what is going on? And I see that that people in in the chat are saying, um, you know, they're they're too predictable with their movements. I 100% agreed. Uh, we see that goaltenders will cheat to Cal Connor and they'll cheat to Mark Shifley. And you know the, these players, you have Nikolai Ehlers out there on a unit, and you think you're going to get a little bit more excitement, a little bit more unpredictability. But a lot of players, um, you know have trouble playing with Nikolai Ehlers um, because he is just that unpredictable. Um, but when he's on, he's on. And and people were saying this earlier in the chat before the stream even really started, was that he hasn't been on to start the season. So even him coming in with his clean entries and all those kinds of things, um, it just it hasn't been doing it for this team and it's made their power play look even worse uh, than it's supposed to be. And, and St. Louis, at least from sort of my take, um, looked like it was very much playing the high forward three men at the back. So they had three guys along the blue line when the Jets were trying to break in as opposed to two and two. They're playing one and three. Uh, and it's easy enough to get through that one player. He's just for the flyaways and all those kinds of things. Um, but the Winnipeg Jets struggled to get through those three men along the blue line so they can't even gain possession never mind when they actually have possession what to do to pass the puck so I think in a situation like this like I and again this is me just kind of from from watching rewinding these goals a couple times and rewinding these poor power plays to try and see what's going on with this team Uh, I watched them come in on those three men along the blue line and I think you know, the best sort of course of action is to have a Nikolai Ehlers type, a Nikolai Ehlers-esque player who can come in from the blue line down one of the flanks, up the middle, whatever, get as much room as possible through the inside and drag those three guys from the blue line back with him and then pass a puck up to a flyer coming in behind him because this team, they, they try to pass it along that blue line, but when there are three guys stopped right there it makes it really difficult to get any space to make a proper pass so I I really don't know what this team thinks they're doing constantly just ramming right into that three wall 
uh, the wall of three guys along the blue line. But I don't know. I think this power play just needs to sort of figure out from the entry perspective and also once they're set up, you know, the, their their goals, um, the, you know, the Kyle Connor goal and all those, like, they come from quick, not-so-set plays, um, you know, at 5-on-4. I think the Winnipeg Jets get too worried about being static and, and being, um, you know, following a playbook when it comes to 5-on-4. When they're quick off the face-off and they make a quick draw, like, do a quick little play, it always seems to look better than when they're trying to set up too much and overthink it too much. So if I had to say one thing in this game that I just was not a massive fan of, it was definitely the Jets' power play when they were doing so many things so well and then the power play just kind of killed a little bit of the momentum and then their penalty kill, as always, is not necessarily, you know, up to the standards of what we wanted to be uh, and leaving Connor Hellebuck out to dry a little bit and then Robert Thomas gets the goal and all of a sudden we're back to 2-1 and, and it's a little bit tough. Um... But I just want to talk lastly about the Cal Connor goal because we're just we're ha- we are having a Winnipeg Jets love fest, all things considered. Um, and and then we'll get into the game that I promise you guys. So I see uh, we have some active people in the chat, Julian, Nick. Um, thank you guys, everyone, for being here live in the chat. I hope you guys are prepared um to play this game because it requires your participation very heavily. Um, so on the Cal Connor goal, uh, Jordan Bennington, I think, is the one who's at fault here, just the way that he cheated the wrong player a little bit. Mark Shifley. All the credit to him. I liked the way that he was positioned right nicely in front of the net like that. And Cal Connor's coming in on the side. And, and you know, it, it's the worst of both worlds for Jordan Biddington, wondering which one he has to commit to. And Cal Connor on his off wall um, just, just finds a seam and, and picks a perfect corner on that goal to sort of seal the deal for the Jets. Obviously, um, coming in with that late goal from St. Louis kind of put the Jets on edge a little bit. Um, but Morgan Barron, good for him for getting on the score sheet with that empty net goal to wrap up a 4-2 win against a division opponent. So all things considered, um, you know, pretty pleased with the Winnipeg Jets performance tonight. I, I'm just having a love fest over that second period. I think they were so fantastic and it makes me feel very optimistic about this team. Uh, there were... 15 other games on the docket tonight though so every single Winnipeg Jets opponent or rival pardon me within the division was you know playing tonight uh there's still lots of games going on because of this game um I wasn't able to watch any of that frozen frenzy I I didn't go through the effort of trying to um like pirate it or anything like that especially since I had to watch this movie or movie good lord I've been talking to myself for 20 minutes so you have to give me some credit um I was watching this game. I couldn't just watch the whole uh, Frozen Frenzy, but uh, if anyone here is in the chat uh, who watched it, let me know how it went because I'm very, very curious. I ha- saw some really good feedback on Twitter. I saw a couple screenshots. It looked really fantastic. I bet you got a couple of really nice highlight reel jet schools on there. So hopefully some out-of-market people got to see, um, you know, what the big Gus bus is all about. Um, but 31 non-Winnipeg Jets teams, 30 teams that weren't actively in this game were playing tonight. So that brings us to our game. 30 teams, 15 other games. We need to find a way to relate all of these teams back to the Winnipeg Jets. So I got my scribbler with me. We're going to write these down. We need to find a way to connect every single game to the Winnipeg Jets. So let's just quickly go through all these games in order of how they started tonight. Some of them are still going on, obviously. Um, But first game of the night was Toronto versus Washington. Then we had New Jersey and Montreal, Seattle and Detroit. Vancouver and Nashville, Anaheim and Columbus, Dallas and Pittsburgh, Boston and Chicago, New York and Calgary, Buffalo and Ottawa, uh, San Jose and Florida, Arizona and LA, Carolina and Tampa, 
uh, Columbus, or nope, that's uh, Colorado and the Islanders, Edmonton and Minnesota, and then Philly and Vegas. So we got to go through and find a way to connect this something in these games to the Winnipeg Jets, not to the province of Manitoba. We can't just go into Vegas and be like, oh, like Brad Howden or Mark Stone or something like that. Like, no, we got to find a way to connect all of these teams to the Winnipeg Jets. So I'm going to need your help on this one. Um, so start thinking about where some of these teams uh, connect to the Winnipeg Jets. I have a couple of ideas off the top of my head. So very obviously, the game that almost didn't happen um, was the... Who did they even play? This was the um, Anaheim and Columbus game. So um, Patrick Laine was not playing tonight because of that elbow to the head from Rasmus Anderson. So Patrick Laine is out. However, Jack Roslevic got a point tonight. So that's how we can connect the Anaheim-Columbus game back to the Winnipeg Jets. 2015 first rounder, Jack Roslevic was playing in that game tonight. He was part of that Patrick Laine pure like Dubois trade. No remnants of that on the Winnipeg Jets right now. Um, but yeah, so so let's keep going into uh, the chat here. So we got one game. I got that one off the books. I got you guys started. Um, we see we got one here. Um, I, I like Julian's comment here that we're, you know, it's, it's the sports and how do we make it about the Leafs? That's 100% what I'm doing. You guys need to channel your inner Alyssa and be like, how do we make this about the Winnipeg Jets? So I love it. All right, we got a comment in the chat here. It says Habs. There's the obvious Armia one. Although um, last I remember, he was waived. Well, whether he was or wasn't, we got the Habs game. Jonathan Kovacevic played tonight. Uh, last I checked, he was a rockin' minus two. I was only looking at the score. I couldn't find any real stats. It wasn't looking that hard. Um, Jonathan Kovacevic um, is rocking in this one tonight. So we got the New Jersey and Montreal game off the charts, off the board, off the whatever. Um, because Jonathan Kovacevic, uh, former Winnipeg Jet, or former Manitoba Moose, put on waivers by the Winnipeg Jets, claimed and now beloved by the Montreal Canadiens, was playing in that game. So, we have two games crossed off of our list. Now we can cross off a third because Kaya is in the chat saying Tyler Myers existing. So, we can cross off the Vancouver National game because our boy, our lovely long-necked giraffe, Tyler Myers was playing in that game. So that is three games now that we have crossed off of here. So um, now we need to, to keep going and, and get some more in the chat here. So um, ooh, we got one here from Nick, um, the Seattle game here. So who do we got? Seattle versus Detroit. Dave Lowry, former head coach of the Winnipeg Jets and double whammy, father of Winnipeg Jets captain Adam Lowry was playing in that game tonight or not playing definitely not playing I sure hope he wasn't playing was coaching in that game this evening Seattle and Detroit so we got that one checked off so that means New Jersey Montreal done Seattle Detroit done Vancouver Nashville done Anaheim and Columbus done so that means we just have 11 more games to get through um so let's get in here um Ooh, Charlie Arsenault says, never played for them, but Sens took Forsberg off waivers from Winnipeg. That is true. Anton Forsberg did belong to the Winnipeg Jets for one point in time. So, great pull by Charlie. We can cross Buffalo and Ottawa off the list. Um, Okay, so let's see who else we got here. Uh, We got a great comment. Rangers is easy, Wheeler, true, but yeah, that's a super easy one to write off. We got two former Winnipeg Jets. Um... 
who both were or are captains at one point. One was captain of the Winnipeg Jets. One is now captain of the New York Rangers. For those of you who didn't know, I believe he just announced that he is expecting. So congratulations to the Trubas. I think they are going to be parents. Hopefully I'm not spreading misinformation about that one. But, okay, that means we have the New York Rangers and Calgary Flames crossed off the list. Uh, Scott says Tanev, um, Brendan Tanev, playing in the Seattle-Detroit game today. We got that one with Adam Lowry, so we are set on that one. Someone says Billy Hanel. I don't know what you're talking about, but I appreciate the enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, all right, what have we got here? Uh, P.L. Dubois for LA, Arizona. That's correct. I assume he's playing. I assume he's looking beautiful as always. I assume he's wearing matching friendship bracelets with Quentin Byfield, because if he's not, I'll be very upset. But we're doing pretty fantastic um yeah kaya says dad true by era so i think i'm onto something with that one all right so let's do a quick little roundup now toronto and washington uh we got nothing so far dallas and pittsburgh but oh boston and chicago Derek forbert was playing tonight winnipeg jets legend bubble legend north division legend Derek forbert was playing in the Boston Chicago game tonight, so we can knock that one off our list. You also got to get uh, Sa- oh San Jose, Florida. Come on, no one in the chat has said Paul Maurice yet. Come on, guys. Come on. What are we even doing here if we're not talking about Paul Maurice at every second we possibly get? Cross off San Jose, Florida. Paul Maurice was in that game. Coached the Winnipeg Jets for seven years, eight years, eight and a half years. Our boy, our boy, always. And then we got to get um, the Carolina-Tampa Bay game, Colorado-Newark Islanders, Edmonton-Minnesota. So let's take a look. Um, oh, great pull from Luke, our beloved Mark Stewart, Oilers assistant coach. Excellent pull. So Edmonton-Minnesota, we can cross that off the list because Mark Stewart was in that game. Oh, well, what a beauty. What a legend. Um Scott, I appreciate the enthusiasm with the Nick Patan used to play for the Leafs. We got we got a pull from the current Leafs. We got we got to find something here. Um, hold on, what do we got here? Philadelphia, Vegas. No, Manitoba players don't count. We have to relate this back to the Winnipeg Jets. So we got to pull old coaches, old players to find some way to connect. Um, ooh. Nick says that Josh Manson's dad used to play for the Jets. I don't think I knew that. I I, I shouldn't be surprised. Um, I, I Every NHL player to ever exist, you could say his dad played for X and it would be accurate. Um, so, okay, we got we got the, uh, the Colorado one crossed off our list. So let's take a look at what we need to find. Who was active in these games tonight and how they connect back to the Winnipeg Jets. So Toronto and Washington, we got to find someone for them. Dallas and Pittsburgh, we got to find something for them. And then Carolina and Tampa Bay. Actually, Carolina and Tampa Bay. Was Brendan Lemieux playing tonight? I bet you Brendan Lemieux is playing tonight. If Brendan Lemieux is playing tonight, we have found a way to connect Carolina and Tampa Bay to the Winnipeg Jets. Scott in the chat is asking if um, Esamon is still on the bolts. I want to say he might be on the bolts. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he's a waivers boy. He was with the Sharks for a bit. He's with the bolts. Um, regardless... I got the Brendan Lemieux name poll, so we are rocking on that one. Now we really just got to hone in on the Dallas and Pittsburgh and the Toronto Washington. So what can we do? There, there's got to be a way to connect the Toronto Maple Leafs to the Winnipeg Jets. There's got to be someone who's active tonight, maybe a junior teammate or something like that. And then Dallas and Pittsburgh, 
We, we got to find a way to connect these teams. I, I'm relying on the chat here. So let's just do a quick little summary for everyone who's listening at home. And I hope if you're listening back to this, you're kind of playing along in this game with me, trying to find a way to connect these teams back to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but in the New Jersey Devils-Montreal game tonight, uh, we had Jonathan Kovacevic playing, former Winnipeg Jet. Uh, Seattle and Dallas, one of the coaches was former head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Dave Lowry. Vancouver and Nashville, Tyler Myers was Tyler Myersing, so we can always connect that one. Anaheim and Columbus, Jack Roslevic, former first-rounder and member of the 2017-18 Winnipeg Jets. Always got to shout that out. Um, Boston, Chicago, we had Derek Forbert, former Winnipeg Jet, playing in that game. New York Rangers, Calgary Flames, very easy to pull one of Jacob Truba or Blake Wheeler to connect those teams to the Winnipeg Jets. Buffalo and Ottawa, Charlie came in with the fantastic Anton Forsberg name pull for us. San Jose, Florida, we got Paul Maurice. No explanation needed. Um, oh, Philly and Vegas. We still need a little bit more because there's a Manitoba connection on both of those teams, but we, we need an actual Winnipeg Jets connection. So Philly and Vegas, add that to our list. Uh, Arizona LA Kings, obviously Pierre-Luc Dubois is the connection. Um, someone told me to chill out on, on the joy around Pierre-Luc Dubois. I will never, just like I will never erase the francophoneness from his name. Uh, Carolina Tampa Bay, we got uh, Brendan Lemieux playing in that one. Colorado New York Islanders, Josh Manson's dad used to play for the Winnipeg Jets. And then Mark Stewart is a head coach, or head coach, pardon me, an assistant coach for the Edmonton Oilers. So we got the Edmonton Oilers Minnesota Wild game off. Okay. So we have one in the chat here. Um, Max Domi. Got the Ty Domi connect to the Winnipeg Jets. You know what? I take it. I take it. Ty Domi, former Winnipeg Jet. His son, Max Domi, plays in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Done. We got that one checked off. So now we just got to get the Philly and Vegas one. And then the Dallas-Pittsburgh. Hayes for Philly. My brother in Christ, Kevin Hayes, was playing in this game tonight. Where were you? <laughs> um, unless, am I the crazy one? Hold on. That's gonna be really embarrassing if, if I'm the crazy one, but you know we're just gonna we're just gonna deal with it. Um, I'm wondering for Philly and Vegas, can we? Gary Lawless used to do a show at every Winnipeg Jets intermission or like first intermission of every Jets game, like in the early 2010s. That's got to be a Winnipeg Jets connect. Oh, there we go. And someone says bones for Dallas for the Dallas Pittsburgh game. So we're set, bro. We're we're cooking. We got them all. We found a way to connect every single game from tonight, from Frozen Frenzy to the Winnipeg Jets. That is exactly what I wanted to do. I am so happy that you guys joined me for this. Uh, this was a ton of fun. Thank you for humoring me. These solo shows, guys. You know I'm smiling on the outside, but this is literally the most terrifying thing a person can do. I've been talking nonstop for 30 minutes, so we just. I think we're going to call it here. This 4-2 win of the Winnipeg Jets over the St. Louis Blues was a fun one to watch tonight. I was worried a Tuesday game, Tuesday night game against the St. Louis Blues was going to be a snoozer, but I was quite pleased. It's always a good game when the Winnipeg Jets can wear their Heritage Blues. Uh, amazing work in support of the Toba Center tonight. Really pleased to see all of the work that the Jets and Adam Lowry are doing in the community to help children that really need it um, in, this, uh, in our province and in our city that we love so much. So it was really nice to see them highlight the Toba Center. Um, for those of you who who follow me on Twitter uh, or who are active on the Winnipeg Jets Twitter space, you know that um, we are in support of Winnipeg Jets Money on the Board, which is a fun little way that we can uh, put some money at stakes for charity. Uh, and a lot of that money is going to go towards the Toba Center. 
So make sure you check that out. Um, Winnipeg Jets money on the board for how you can support uh, some awesome community initiatives that are connected to the Winnipeg Jets and to hockey. Um, but that's going to be it for me tonight. I really enjoy everyone sticking around in the chat today. Uh, it's nice to see so many people having some fun. Uh, make sure you like the stream on your way out. Uh, if you're listening right now, thank you for being here. Thank you for having fun with me tonight. If you're listening tomorrow morning, I hope you enjoyed the chaos of the solo stream. Um, I will see you on Thursday. Brady and I are going to be doing our first joint show of the year. We're so excited. I was gone in Thailand. Brady's gone to a couple games. We've just both been all over the place, so we're really excited to be back together covering the Detroit game on Thursday, so make sure you stick around for that, and we will see you then. So have a good night, everybody, and we will see you on Thursday.